Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with uh, Marku Kopanen, uh, CEO and president of Extended DISC North America. Thanks for joining us, Marku. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. Good. Before we get started, let me tell uh, our listeners about a couple of the upcoming Sandler programs. We've got some really fantastic programs coming up over the next uh, few weeks. On uh, next Friday, the 3rd of uh, February, we're going to have uh, our sales mastery class called Group Coaching. This is a relatively new class where we bring together our clients. We talk about our most serious sales and business development issues, and we come up with some Sandler solutions for your problems. Uh, Great program. Uh, In the foundations, uh, on February 3rd, we're going to have prospecting behavior is the topic of the class. And a week later, on the 10th of February, we have goal setting class, part A and part B. And in the foundations at 10 a.m. on Friday, the February 10th, we have Why Have a System, uh, which is always a well-attended class. Also, I wanted to tell our listeners about the next Business Leaders Workshop coming up. That's going to be on Wednesday, the 15th of February from 8 a.m. to 9.30 a.m., uh, in these uh, monthly workshops, we address real issues which degrade company and individual performance, and you'll learn the proven Sandler solutions and strategic insights that only we can provide from Sandler's most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. On the 15th of February at 8 a.m., uh, the, the Business Leaders Workshop's title is Transforming Leaders the Sandler Way. This is a phenomenal program. Uh, it, it's going to be almost like drinking out of a fire hose. We're going to talk about how to use people skills to how to use your people skills to read other people and influence them based on your impressions. Uh, we're going to talk about understanding your own personal power. We're going to talk about learning how to effectively communicate your convictions in a positive manner and how to act in accordance with clear and consistent principles that connect to a, ser- a sense of right and wrong. Uh, if that resonates with you, then you probably are a leader of people and. This is a program that's open uh, as a President's Club member. Uh, you can bring a guest at no charge. If you're not a President's Club member but you'd like to attend, uh, you can 
call uh, our office at 513-753-9400, extension 102, and we're more than happy to uh, take your reservation. Okay, Marku, let me uh, tell everyone a little bit about you. Uh, Marku is the president and CEO of Extended Disc North America. His focus and passion are to help executives to make better decisions about their employees, teams, and organization. Marku's specialty is to help executives to accomplish this by providing them with specific information to understand the causes of the problems and to make business decisions with confidence. While millions of extended disc assessments have been used around the world, Marku has personally reviewed and interpreted the results of well over 30,000 extended disc profiles. He's widely recognized as the most knowledgeable person to interpret the extended disc profiles in North America and is among the top three people in the world. Marku was born in Helsinki, no accent, I'm sure, uh, Helsinki, Finland, and migrated to the United States in 1984. He has a bachelor's degree in management and marketing and an MBA in finance. Marku, thanks for joining us here on uh, Cincinnati Business Talk. Thank you very much for having me, Mike. I appreciate the invitation. Uh, I know our listeners are probably curious. Uh, Marku, what prompts uh, someone like yourself to get involved with uh, behavioral profiling like we like you do at uh, Extended Disc? Well, Mike, it really was by accident, to be honest with you. I used to work in banking where I worked in commercial lending and retail banking. And uh, I worked there for about 10 years and had a really good time doing it. And as you mentioned, I was born in Helsinki, Finland. And one of my vacations, I went back to Finland for a couple of weeks. And while I was there, I completely by accident met the developer of Extended Disc. And we met and talked for a couple of hours. And frankly, I did not get what they were talking about. And I was about to leave their office. And uh, the owner of the organization told me, Mark, before you leave, why don't you take 10 minutes and complete one of these assessments and you get a better idea what we are all about and you can determine if it might be something that you might be interested in pursuing further. So I reluctantly completed the questionnaire. Honestly, I did not even look at my assessment results for a couple of days. But when I had a chance mm-hmm. to take a close look at it, then, then it clicked because when I was in banking, I had about 40 employees reporting me. And my, like most managers, I really was experienced some pain around dealing with employees, motivating them, communicating with them, trying to make sure that everybody was performing at the highest level. And honestly, I was spending about 30% of my time dealing with these people issues, and I felt that I was not very good at it. And then when I got my own report and I started thinking how much easier my life would have been in the banking world if I had this information about my employees, that's when it clicked and uh, I got involved with Extended Desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you met them when you were in Helsinki and you went back to the States and what did you do here? Well, uh, I continued in banking for a little while, but, uh, about actually this year is our 20th anniversary. So in, in late nineties, uh, I started extended this North America, literally started from scratch and, um, been doing it for 20 years now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, do you remember when, uh, the Sandler organization started, uh, to be your client? Yes, we have worked with Sandler now over 12 years. This coming November uh, of 2017 will be our 13th anniversary. So we have worked with you guys for a long time, and uh, it's been a wonderful relationship, certainly from uh, just business relationship, but also making wonderful friendships. And probably the most valuable thing has been all of the things we have learned from Sandler in terms of what selling is all about and um, also how to make sure that you are an effective leader 
how to effectively communicate with others. And these skills and, that we have learned from Sandler not only work well in the business world, but I certainly use them every day with my family, my kids. And um, uh, it's been a great relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, who has agreed to answer uh, a few questions during the show? So if you have uh, any questions, you can call in on 646-595-4916. Mark, who, why don't you tell our listeners what the most interesting thing is that you learn about people from reading their extended disk profile? Well, uh, the disk model has been around for a long time. In fact, all the way since 1928. And the disk model really is in public domain these days. And maybe many of the listeners have heard of the disk assessments in the past. Um, We have created a very unique set of tools around the disk theory. And um, when we work with our clients, one of the main things that people like about disk is that it does not rate people into good or bad. There's no high or low score. We are simply looking at how we are different, what are our unique strengths, and what are our development areas that we need to work on. But probably the most interesting thing that I've learned over the years is that we find that successful people come from all types of disc styles. In other words, there's no one best disc style. And the most rewarding thing personally for me has been over the years that I've been able to work with very, very experienced and very talented individuals who are passionate about developing people, whether it's in uh, helping salespeople to become more successful or sales managers or leaders at the CEO levels of the largest organization in the world. And all of these individuals who are helping others to improve, they come from very different and, and various backgrounds. And that includes not only their education or what part of the world they come from, their uh, unique experiences growing up, but they also come from different parts of the DISC model. I see a lot of successful Ds, Is, and S, and Cs. But what I also find common with these successful people is that they all are very confidently self-aware. So I I think the key point for me is that anybody who wants to be successful, you need to create that confident self-awareness. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, uh, Perhaps you can explain to our our listeners uh, why the, the, I guess the the four standard uh, behavioral uh, attributes that a DISC profile uh, will discern for you. Certainly. Um, so it's called a DISC model. And the reason it's called a DISC model is that we divide people into four different DISC styles, D, I, S, and C. Uh, before I jump into different DISC styles, I do always want to remind people that actually we are all planned of these four DISC styles, meaning that all of us have D, I, S, and C in us. It simply means that one of these styles is the most comfortable to us and one is the least comfortable to us, meaning that that behavioral style that is not so comfortable to us requires more energy, more effort and concentration. But again, we are concentration, I'm sorry, combination of all four. But the D styles, and, and, and when we talk about D styles, people often use words like dominant or direct, but these are the individuals that really know what they want and they want it now. Uh, they like to do things their way and, and their motto is that, I, I was, maybe the theme song rather would be that I did it my way. They move at the very fast pace. They like to make decisions quickly. And um, they expect things to happen quickly. So they may be a little bit impatient in, in getting those results that they want so, so desperately. In the United States, about 12% of the population are D-styles. Mm-hmm. I always define uh, a D-style 
uh, as the Jack Nicholson caricature in most of his movies. He, doesn't he seem to play a, a high D? Yeah, the Ds can certainly come across as an individual who really doesn't care about others. And that's not really the truth. What Ds are really focused on is achieving their results. And because they are so focused on their results, others may perceive them as not being very caring or being impatient with them or sometimes uh, getting upset with others. But I think that's a very good um, uh, image to think about when it comes to D style. Okay. And the I style. Well, I style, if you think about people like, let's say, uh, Jim Carrey, for example, people who are extremely energetic, outgoing, and really want to be the center of attention. Those are the I styles. I often stands for influence or, or because they really want to inf- influence people. They're very social, very talkative, energetic, and enthusiastic. What I love about the I styles is that they are so optimistic. For them, class is not half full. It's overflowing. So they think think that things will always be uh, turn out very well. No, and like by the way, Mike, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. I, I like was to say Robin Williams in uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, Robin Williams used to be uh, our favorite example, but unfortunately, since his passing, we, we haven't used him as much, but he was an excellent example of an ice style. And if you ever seen Robin Williams on, let's say, Tonight Show, uh, mm-hmm. The man could not sit down. He has so much energy and he was so energetic. In fact, if I believe that whenever Robin Williams showed up on tonight's show, the second guest that they usually have never made it in. So when Robin Williams came on tonight's show, eventually they changed it. So Robin Williams was the only guest that evening. So yeah, lots of energy, a lot of um, uh, effort made to be liked and being the center of attention. Right, right. I remember seeing uh, Williams live at the Universal Amphitheater in L.A. many years ago, and uh, the stage wasn't big enough for him. He was all over the amphitheater. Yeah, they're extremely animated, and, and you, can just, you can feel the energy that they have, and, and they are very good at getting other people enthusiastic about ideas or what new things we are going to do because they have that energy, and they are typically very good at influencing people in getting excited about new things. And what's interesting about the I-Styles is that the younger generation is predominantly I-Style. When we look at the millennials, over 40% of millennials are I-Style, and that's compared to 32% of the general population. And we are seeing a lot of our clients having some difficulties and challenges. How do you deal with the millennials? Because they do behave differently and their expectations are different. And when we go back in history and we look at the workforce in general in the United States and really almost all, anywhere in the world, S-styles used to be, which we talk about in a moment, S-styles used to be the predominant style, but now eyes have taken over and things are changing in the workplace as a result of that. Good. We've got to take a, a short commercial break here where we'll screen uh, our callers and uh, we'll just listen to a Sandler commercial or two here and then we'll be right back. This message is short and to the point. In business, if you don't get paid for what you know, you get paid for what you sell. Yet many salespeople leave their skills to chance. They often think, let me think it over. They write proposals that go nowhere. They lower their price to get the order. They wind up chasing prospects through the voicemail maze. It doesn't have to be that way. The best salespeople were not born great. They learned it. I'm Mike Roth of Roth & Associates. We're famous for our expensive, difficult sales training. We're not for everyone. We build the best sales prospectors and sales negotiators on the planet. Are you in sales? 
Are you ready to get deadly serious about your career that feeds your family? Are you ready to make a change? Call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523. Sandler's most experienced trainer in Cincinnati, 646-6523. Imagine you just left your prospect's office and he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real! He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 15 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with uh, Marku Kopanen from Extended Disc. Uh, Marku, before we, uh, we we go on to the... S and the C of DISC. Uh, we have Hallie, a caller, calling in with a question. Hallie, go ahead. Hi, um, I am a sales manager, and I was just curious as to how clients are using extended disc with sales professionals. Hallie, thanks for that question. That's a very good one. The way we see extended disc assessments being used in sales applications is that what salespeople typically tend to do is they repeat the same patterns of behavior over and over, meaning that when they meet with different styles of prospects, they tend to communicate and influence and sell the same way. And as we have talked on this program this, uh, so far is that we have discovered that people are different, not better or worse, and the same holds true for prospects. So when our clients are using extended disk assessments in selling, what they really do is they learn to identify the styles of their prospects. They also have a keen self-awareness. They understand who they are, and they're also very clear about how they tend to sell. And rather than repeating the same sales behaviors and communication patterns over and over, they find skills how to modify their communication, how they sell to prospects, and as a result, they find their success increased tremendously. That's great. great. I'll take that information and share it with my sales team. Thank you, Hallie, for your call. Thanks, Hallie. Uh, Marku, uh, since Hallie brought up sales teams, uh, are there any specific DISC characteristics that sales managers should look for when hiring uh, a sales team? Well, certainly we get that question frequently. And honestly, what I think people would like to hear is that there is one ideal disc profile that is the best salesperson. However, there are many factors like how long is the sales cycle, who you tend to sell to. For example, if it's a one-call sales situation, the behavioral requirements are quite different than selling a very complicated, expensive product that may take 12, 18 months to sell. So what we are looking for is what are the behaviors that create success for specific sales jobs? And we are process of identifying what the ideal sales style is for a specific sales job, and then our clients can use that information to match uh, sales candidates to see from a behavioral perspective how good of a match they are. So in other words, a sales guy who's selling a 
freight logistics or uh, life insurance uh, would be substantially different than a guy who is selling uh, uh, million-dollar projects for Cisco. Yes, like we just talked about the D styles, and one of the things about D styles is that they tend to be very uh, impatient about getting results. So it's difficult for somebody who is a very high D style to be patient enough and have the uh, thoroughness and the persistence to work on a deal that takes months and months. They are much more comfortable in a situation where it's a one-two sales call and they can either get a yes or get a no. However, somebody who's more laid back S style, for example, even that they are not very assertive, they have the patience and the uh, follow-up skills to be able to be persistent and, and really go through the sales process, even that it may take a very long time. So let's, let's go ahead where we were before and talk about the S style. What are the characteristics that you typically see in an S style? Well, S styles are also people-oriented like I styles. The difference is that I styles want to be the center of attention S-styles want to be part of a group. They look for stability and security. They're very calm, laid back. They're the individuals who make sure that everything gets done and it gets done well. Um, They prefer to work in small teams, but they don't want to be the center of attention. They find that the team members give them stability and and structure and, and security, and they really work well in team settings, but they do not want to be the person who's in charge typically. Now, there's always exceptions, but as a general rule, that's what S-styles are all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to say that S-styles are the ones who don't want to rock the boat. Uh, they'll live with the status quo longest. Is that fair? That's, that is fair statement. If, if things are working now, let's not change anything. In fact, change is most difficult of, of the four styles for S-styles because they think that if things are going smoothly right now, why would you ever want to create change? Because the chances are you could screw, screw it up. So if it's going well, leave it alone. Good. That leaves us with the C-styles. Well, the C-styles are, if you think of Spock from Star Trek, there's a perfect example of a C-style. These are the individuals that are very analytical. They're logical. They look for facts. And they want to do things correctly. One of the greatest fears C-styles have is that they will make a mistake. And the, the, the C-stars will do everything possible to avoid mistakes. Mm-hmm. So it might take uh, more time to sell to a C-style. It typically takes more time for a C-style to buy, make a buying decisions because they want to make sure that they have considered all the information, they have all the facts. And by the way, if you're a salesperson dealing with a C-style, you need to have the facts. There's certain things you can do, Mike, as you know, when you're dealing with C-style prospects that you can speed up the process. But ultimately, you have to make sure that you satisfy the need for that information. Right. I had to uh, sell a C-style company owner a couple of years ago, and it just drove drove me crazy that uh, it took me over six hours of of clock time on three sales calls to close this man, to get him to make the recollection to buy um, when most people buy in two hours or less. It was, Mike, would it, be, uh, would it be fair for me to assume that your C style is fairly low? Uh, yes, I'm a, I'm a low C, high I, high D. And, yeah, and uh, it requires and, some acting on my part. Yeah, what happens is when we are dealing with somebody who is very different from our style, you just need to be prepared that the interaction will take more effort and more energy because if you're the salesperson, it's really your responsibility to make the adjustment in your behavior. And by behavior, I mean how you communicate, how you influence. And mm-hmm. and 
and and it takes effort and energy. However, it's like anything else. When you practice it, you become more fluent with it. It becomes more comfortable. But uh, what the reason we use tools like extended disc, ultimately what we are trying to achieve is to help people modify their behavior. And what we are trying to get the participants to be able to do is get to a point where when they meet somebody, be it a prospect or a coworker, it doesn't really matter. The principles are the same. But when we meet somebody, we look for some cues to identify their behavioral style. And we already know what our style is. And now we can make conscious decisions about how to modify behavior. And, and as I mentioned, if you're dealing with somebody who's very different from you, that adjustments are going to be greater and it will take more mental calories to make that change. But it will, I promise you, it becomes easier and easier with practice like anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, very briefly, before we take a commercial break, uh, Mark, why don't you give us a, four fast indicators that someone can use to identify a DI, S, or C on a first meeting? Well, there are two sets of questions that I recommend everybody ask. First question is, is this person more active or more reserved? And by active, I'm looking at their body language, how much they talk, how direct is their eye contact, how animated they are with their, their uh, arms and, and body when they are communicating. If they are active, the person is either going to be a D or I style. If they're reserved, they're going to be either S or C style. The second set of question is, is the person more people-oriented or more task-oriented? If they're more task-oriented, I'm dealing with a D or a C. If I'm dealing with a people-oriented person, and by that I mean they talk about people, they talk about their teams, they're a little bit more focused on emotions and feelings, then I'm dealing with an I and S style. I simply put those two answers together. For example, if I'm dealing with a reserved people-oriented person, I'm dealing with an S style. Good. Uh, at this point, we're going to uh, take a short break, and we're going to uh, listen to Sandler Rule number 15. Hi, I'm Rich Isaac from Sandler Training, and I'm here to talk about rule number 15. The best presentation you ever give is the one the prospect. Now, let's start by talking about the fact that that rule should not be taken literally. Of course, there's an appropriate time to talk about your products, your service, your solutions, your prices. What happens is that most salespeople simply talk about it. The prospective client will say things to them like, show me what you have, tell me what you can do. And the salesperson, eager to show their credibility and to show their product knowledge, will go into presentation. And there's two problems with it. Number one, it's too early to make a presentation because the salesperson isn't knowledgeable enough about the particular situation the prospective client is facing. And second of all, it comes off like a sales pitch. And if there's one thing that prospective clients can't stand, is someone making a pitch at them trying to... Is there a better way, a better way to show your knowledge and build credibility with the prospective client? Actually, there are two ways. First is you can learn to ask better question, more insightful question. And second, you can learn to tell stories, meaningful stories that the prospective client will be able to relate to. Let me give you an example. Let's assume that I sell software to help companies run their warehouses more effectively. I might say, Sam, as the vice president of operations, I'm wondering if you ever run into a lot of people tell me that they have a real balancing act between reducing their inventory expense and still being able to handle just-in-time delivery. It's really challenging. Others tell me that they have a difficult time getting their staff to follow the procedures in their warehouse as exactly and effectively as they could. Now, before I go on, I'm wondering if you can relate to it. Now, what did I just accomplish? Through simply telling a story and asking a simple question, I was able to show my credibility, show my knowledge, show my understanding of their business. 
in essence, I presented information in such a way that they got those things without me coming off like a salesperson. Remember, if you want to really be the most credible professional salesperson, learn to tell better stories and ask better questions. Remember, if you get good at both of those things, the best presentation you ever give on the prospect. This is Mike Roth. I'm here with Marku Kupanen from Extended Disc. Uh, Marku, uh, maybe this is a funny question, but what do you think is your unique marketing advantage over there at uh, Extended Disc? That's actually a very good question. In our industry, there's certainly no shortage of competition, which obviously doesn't make us unique, but I, I believe that the competition is actually very healthy, and, and I'm very happy that we have that. I mentioned earlier that disk model has been around for a long time and nobody owns the disk model. And therefore, there are a couple of companies in the marketplace that have disk theory based tools. But about almost 100% of my clients have, have used some form of disk in the past. And what clients tell us that they like about extended disk is that we are able to maintain the user friendliness of the disk model, meaning that it is easy for, let's say, salespeople to remember the four disk styles and they can learn skills to identify the styles of their prospect and make those conscious decisions about how to best modify their behavior. So they like that we're able to keep the kind of practical part of the disk model, but allow us to go deeper, deeper in terms of what we measure. We measure the hardwired style, who the person really is, and also being able to customize the reports for different types of applications. So the end user will always get information that is most accessible and most relevant for them. I think that's, Mike, what we hear most frequently is that the information is designed specifically for their unique application, be it a job role or their specific industry, for example. Mm -hmm. That's important. The, uh, the version of the, uh, the reports that we give our clients are about 35 pages long, uh, which is probably too long, but uh, it gives so much information that uh, I feel over a, a long period of time, they, they still retain their value. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Well, we see that some of our clients use reports that may be 35 pages long, and it will contain a lot of information that they can use different ways. Some of our other clients prefer to have much less information. It might be four or five pages. And again, being able to tailor the results to their unique applications and their needs. Uh, they may only have a couple of hours to review the information and they want to, in essence, just to get the bottom line, while others are u utilizing the assessment results over a longer period of time and making more adjustments in various areas. So having that flexibility ensures that the clients are able to, to get the information they need. So if, if you give a profile to a, a reasonably successful, reasonably smart salesperson, and they recognize the kind of adjustments they should make to be more successful in their field, how long will it take for those adjustments that they've made, uh, I'm going to call it mechanically or behaviorally, to show up in a extended disk profile? Well, one thing that I've found about successful people is that actually if somebody's successful, it takes more effort to get them to change. And the reason for that is that sometimes people fall into this superstition trap where they view themselves as a successful person. And then they think about their behavior and they think, hey, I behave this way. Therefore, I must be successful because I behave this way. And in fact, some of those successful people are successful in spite of their behavior. But once you overcome that uh, belief that they, that mistaken belief that they may have that, hey, actually, 
I can improve and become even more successful, then successful people tend to be very motivated to modify their behavior. Ultimately, just like anything, if a person wants to improve, they will make the effort right now and they will improve very quickly. So to answer your question, we see some people begin to make changes as, as soon as the next day. They begin to modify their behavior and more they practice it and, and with reinforcement, which I know, Sandler, you guys believe in that very strongly and so do I. With reinforcement, they can get those skills uh, really kind of worked on them constantly to become very proficient in it. So most people learn it very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in your opinion, is the one of the four styles that uh, learns best from reading? reading books? Uh, well, certainly this style explains how we do things, and it includes things like how we tend to recharge our batteries. For example, if I'm trying to identify somebody's style and I'm having a little bit more difficulty doing so, I may ask them a question like, hey, you know, Mike, what, when you get really tired and you need to recharge your batteries, what do you like to do? And C styles often describe behaviors that uh, are somehow alone time. It could be that they like to do woodwork or gardening. A lot of people like to read. And uh, since the favorite question for a C style is why, they want to understand why things work, why I should do something. They want to get the information. The C styles tend to read a lot. Now, there's always a lot of exceptions, but a general rule, C styles prefer to read the most. Okay. Uh, now let's uh, kind of change gears a little bit. Uh, Mark, who, uh, in your company here in America, how many employees do you actually have? In our office here in the Houston area, we have 10 employees. Actually, all of our technology, all of the research and development takes place in Finland. So our office here in United States is essentially a customer client support office. We want to make sure that our authorized affiliates have the support that they need. And a lot of times they need a very short notice. So our focus is really to provide excellent client service. And that's what we do here in the office in Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps you can give our, our listeners uh, a leadership tip. Well, when it comes to leadership, and, and let me preface this, that I don't claim to be an expert in leadership development, but when it comes to leadership, one of the things that I find that leaders must be very careful is that they don't pretend that they know everything. And, and you need to learn some humility. And the reason I think that is that when a leader, let's say a CEO, says something, whatever they say, that becomes an order for the employees. Even if it's a casual comment, the employees will think in, believe that this is something I must do. And, and what I have observed when it comes to effective leaders is that when they're interacting with their employees, uh, they approach the situation with certain level of humility and not pretending that they know everything. And when a employee comes up with an idea, rather than trying to add value to it, they are very good at asking smart questions and trying to make sure that the ownership of the idea remains with the employee. So, so again, I think that don't try to add value to everything and, and be an expert. The second thing is that I think a lot of things in business world take time. And often I see leaders being a little bit too impatient in trying to see their ideas and new initiatives to really develop and, and, and to flourish. And This is true, especially with the D-style leaders who are more short-term focused. Often, I think they would be more successful if they gave their ideas a little bit more time to develop. might take sometimes 12 months, 18 months, and for a D-style, that's an eternity. But often, it takes longer time to make things really great. So sometimes slowing down can also help a leader quite a bit. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Mark, I'm going to uh, read one of the Sandler tactics here uh, on closing. And I want you to comment uh, when I finish about what type of uh, DISC styles we, we're seeing in our characters. Okay. And, and here's, here's the story. Uh, Nick had, atten- had planned on attending his first sales training course, but the course was canceled at the last minute because of weather. And uh, he thought, my rotten luck. Uh, and today, instead of being in the course, he was in the middle of the floor, sales floor. Oh, God, he said to himself, uh, here comes the, the old lady uh, of, of all the salespeople, the one that uh, people have told me endless stories about. She never buys anything, but she always has a million questions. Uh, the old lady said, uh, young man, uh, yes, you, uh, whenever I come in here, it's impossible for me to get any help. Well said, Nick, uh, wishing he wasn't there anyway. Uh, I doubt I'm going to be able to do anything for you. Really, she said, uh, how refreshing. Uh, How about this, Nick said. You tell me what you want to know, and I'll try to to help you. Maybe uh, you can decide. The lady looked at him for a minute. Hmm, sounds reasonable. With that, she proceeded to tell poor Nick about the terrible problems she had and how she hoped that what he was selling her would do something uh, for her. Nick said, uh, I kind of think uh, it will do what you want it to do. Uh, what do you think? Uh, the lady said, yeah, I think it will. Uh, Nick said, uh, it, uh, it probably costs too much, doesn't it? Uh, Nick had decided when he asked that question that he'd already lost the sale. And the lady turned around and said, no, not really. Nick said, oh, uh, what do you want me to do now? Feeling that he made every mistake possible. The, uh, the lady said, wrap it up. I'll take it. Uh, and, uh, and do you know why I'm going to buy it from you? Nick said, why? You're the only person here who has ever asked me questions. So Mark, who, what do you think Nick's, uh, or, or the lady's behavior style was? Maybe the lady first. Oh, a great story. Um, well, maybe they, uh, by the way, when we identify somebody's style, I always prefer and strongly encourage everybody to look for patterns of behavior because looking at a couple of things, we might mistakenly identify somebody's style and then make bad decisions about how to modify behavior. But probably this lady is more of a DDI individual. They're fairly direct about what they want, and they're not afraid to let the salesperson know, in this case, Nick, what they are looking for. And Nick probably was more of a S-style, kind of a little bit almost worried about what could happen and was very upset that and that unexpectedly the sales training was canceled. And now we are in an uncertain situation where I don't know what's going to happen. And almost very under the radar handled the sales situation. And, and the rule when it comes to identifying S-styles, if you can't identify somebody's style, they're probably an S-style. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that, that was good. And uh, uh, Nick uh, did a simple upfront contract. You learn what that is when you're in Sandler training. When he said to her, uh, you tell me uh, what you want to know and I'll try to help you. Maybe we can help you decide. That was probably the turning point in the sale. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I don't know if Nick at this stage knew what he was doing, but that was very natural to him. And one of the things, Mike, we see with, like I mentioned, that successful people come from all kinds of distyles is that people who are confident in their own skin, they appear genuine individuals. They always tend to be more successful than the others who others think they are somehow acting or trying to manipulate them. Right, right. And and I guess one of the uh, Sandler rules is applicable to this one. This is uh, people will not argue with their own data. 
they'll argue with yours. And, That's right. Uh, Nick, let the lady make her, make her own decision. Uh, with that, we're going to take a uh, another short uh, commercial break here, and uh, we'll be back in about two minutes. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced sandwich. If you're a salesperson or a company owner, my message is critical for you. Today, I want to talk to you about the real secret of getting out of debt. Earn more money. Most salespeople and owners want to sell more at a higher price with better margins, but don't know how. I've helped hundreds of people and companies grow over 30% per year by making an investment in themselves. Albert Einstein's insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I teach my clients new and different strategies, tactics, and behaviors, dramatic results. I'm not for everyone. I'm tough, expensive, abrasive, and not politically correct. But if you want results, we need to talk. Call me at 513-753-9400, extension 102. Give me your toughest question. Then, if you qualify, I'll invite you in for a free meeting. 513-753-9400, extension 102. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Finding power and reinforcement is what it's all about. Today, I want to tell you about the ways that our clients have found to fix their companies and lives. Earn more money. I'm not for everyone. I'm expensive, tough, abrasive, and not politically correct. But if you want to have great financial results, we need to talk. Albert Einstein said insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. I teach my clients new and different strategies, tactics, and behaviors that get dramatic results. If you're serious, dedicated to getting better, and want to earn more money by selling more to balance your budget, we need to talk. Call me, Mike Roth, at 513-753-9400, extension 102. Tell me your toughest business problems. Then, if you qualify, I'll invite you in for a free meeting. 513-753-9400, extension 102. On the web at rothconsulting.net. And uh, here at... uh Strategic Sales Experts, our new name, are, we are the only sales training center that you, which can increase your sales and reduce your taxes at the same time. Now, Mark, you had a chance to uh, listen to those uh, two commercials. Uh, which behavioral style do you think they would react or resonate best with? Well, I would say that anybody who has some pain around issue of not making enough money and wanting to be more successful in selling uh, I think we'll pay attention to those commercials. But if I had to pick one, this style, I would say the D styles because the D styles about results. And you mentioned things like being uh, abrasive and, and tough. And I, I think D styles respect that. Yes. Okay. Uh, now we're going to uh, take a different look. Here at uh, Strategic Sales Experts, we have had a long-term belief that uh, simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong and don't result in permanent cures. And if you want to permanently cure a complex problem, you have to deploy a a series of complex solutions. Uh, Perhaps, Mark, you can tell our listeners about a complex problem that you encountered in running your business and the equally complex solution that you came up with to solve it. Uh, Well, there certainly are always problems to solve when it comes to business, but maybe if I had to pick one complex problem that we had to deal with in the last couple of years, the best one probably would be we launched a new assessment platform uh, probably about 18 months ago. And we took a lot of time developing this, Mike. It took us over seven years to build this new platform. There's a lot of things that it can do and, and just technological uh, things that had to be done, programming, et cetera, took a lot of time and resources. But whenever you 
introduce something new to marketplace, the, my view, the biggest challenge is to get the word out. And especially when it's something that is so new and different and unique, uh, the, the audience does not have any good reference points to, to think about when it, they think about this new product. So we had to take a long-term perspective about how do we actually get this product successfully launched. And honestly, it's daily crying where we have to solve problems every day for different types of clients. And by solving problems is how do we introduce most effectively for different types of companies, for different types of disc styles. Uh, but ultimately, I think it comes, to, comes down to doing, doing the daily behaviors, as we have learned from Sandler, doing the daily behaviors and, and keeping the long-term perspective in mind. And what we have seen, Mike, is that uh, this new product has taken enough more quickly than we even dreamed 18 months ago. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's a great answer, but that, that's probably the most complex issue we've dealt with the last couple of years. Okay, so why don't you tell our listeners about some of the uh, newest uh, features and benefits of the uh, of the, pro- the new version of the extended disc, by the way, that well, we've the, been using for 18 months. Well, I think the most significant advantage for the clients is that, and I mentioned this earlier in the program, is that clients are able to get information that they need. Sometimes when people are using assessment products, they are skipping pages or they you know, move in here and there and they sort of selectively using parts of their report that they find helpful and relevant. We believe that each client should be able to get information that is tailored for them. So I would say that the ability to create assessment reports from scratch for clients' unique circumstances and preferences and needs is probably the most significant um, advantage of this new platform. Second, I would say that what we do believe here in Extended Disk is that the assessments should not only be used at the individual level, meaning that it should not only benefit, let's say, a salesperson or a customer service representative or leaders throughout the organization. The system should also be able to collect information about the organization so the top executives can make better decisions about what to do with what typically is the most valuable asset for the organization, and that's their employees. I mentioned earlier that I used to work in banking industry, and when mm-hmm. I worked in banking, uh, when we made decisions at the bank, whether it was to make a loan or, or looking at where we should take the bank next five years, we looked at our financial information every day and very carefully. But when it came to our people, we really didn't have any information to make intelligent decisions. And what we are aiming to do at Extended Disk and have been doing for 20 years is to provide that information for the top executives to really understand what their, what their people are all about and how to best lead them and how to best move them forward to be successful and more successful in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, which brings up an interesting uh, point. Uh, when talking to a, a CEO, why would you tell him that he needs to run an extended disk profile on all of the employees in his division or, or company? Well, I, we wouldn't start by telling that they should do it, but we would try to ask questions about what are some of the challenges that they're facing. And almost every manager, every CEO has some pain around their employee issues. Those problems and challenges are different from one organization to another. One company may be struggling with not having effective leaders to implement uh, their new initiatives that they may have. 
Maybe they are able to implement it, but not quickly enough. Or another organization might be challenged with employee turnover. Uh, they are just not able to keep the top performers in the organization, and they're spending a lot of time, effort, and money trying to find good people. And, and once, they, once they find some people, they're not able to keep them. So the problems will vary from one organization to another, but typically they have a they have a, some type of a human component to it. And once we're able to identify what those specific reasons are that they have in these challenges, then we can have information to make good decisions with confidence. So we look for what those challenges are, uh, we identify what the causes of the problems are, and then help executives make better decisions going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in companies, what's the, the, the most number of employees that you've profiled in the same company? Oh, that's a tough question. We have, uh, we work with all types of organization. And honestly, Mike, I don't have, I'm trying to think of one company that we have worked with probably 15 years, maybe even close to 18 years. And they are a just massively large company. Uh, I think at, at the peak, they had over 200,000 employees. So I'm just guessing maybe 15, 20,000 with that one company. But that's just an educated guess on my part. I should know that, but I just can't think of it right now at this moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there an ROI that people can uh, assign to uh, profiling their employees? How would they it go about determining that? Well, well it's, it's, uh, sometimes it's easy to calculate. Other times it's very difficult. Um, I mentioned the employee turnover problem. Typically, organization will know what the turnover rate is, You know how many employees they they lose, how long they keep. When you have that kind of statistics that we can identify up front, then it's much easier to identify what kind of return on investment you will get by using the extended disk assessment. Other profession is sales. When, when people are, uh, we, we track how much they sell, it's easier to identify what kind of impact an assessment can make. Certainly there are other variables that you cannot completely eliminate, but nevertheless, it becomes easier. When we are dealing with leaders, managers, and we are trying to make it more effective leaders, honestly, the return on investment becomes more difficult to calculate. Uh, th- then we are looking for some other uh, figures and facts that we are able to, to collect, but it's more difficult to calculate the return on investment in those type of situations. Mm-hmm. Marco, you've been using the DISC uh, for a lot of years yourself uh, in your own company and with clients. Uh, what's the biggest aha that you had, the, hit, the, the whack in the back of the head that you got from using the DISE profile? What an excellent question. Let me kind of think about that for a moment. There are many things, Mike, that I could mention, but let me just uh, think about in context of selling since um, we are uh, talking a little bit about sales today. Well, one of the things that I find salespeople trying to do is when they meet a prospect is to really identify who the person is, meaning that are they an I style or are they D style and so on. Probably one thing that I think salespeople would be good to think about is when they're trying to identify somebody's this style, maybe focus on who the person is not. Because sometimes it's actually easier to identify who the person is not. And then it's very clear what behavioral style you need to stay away from. So let's say you are meeting somebody who's a and like I mentioned, all of us are a combination of these four styles, but a lot of us are fairly comfortable actually with three of the disc styles, which means that that fourth disc style is actually more challenging for us. So if I'm a salesperson, mm-hmm. I'm able to identify that somebody's, for example, not an I style, and I 
do to stay away from eye behaviors, meaning that I talk less, become less animated. Maybe I speak a little bit more quietly and I'm more comfortable with silences. If I do that, my success is going to be dramatically improved with that eye style. Because as long as I'm staying away from the behavioral style that's least comfortable for them, my chances of relating, influencing, and, and successfully selling to that person go way up. Okay. That, that, that's a pretty good answer. Uh, Marku, uh, let me ask you one last question before we, uh, we run out of time here. Sure. If uh, you were going to recommend uh, only one book for someone to read about uh, the DISC style and how to use it uh, and how to understand it, what single book would, would you recommend to our listeners? Well, this is going to be a biased answer, but I, I would actually recommend one of <laughs> Well, it, it's not really a book. It's one of our self-development guides. It, it's a, really a booklet, which is only about 30 pages long. But, but our clients are telling us that it's really helping them. And, and maybe even that this is not book at all. You, you know this, like our quick reference cards, you know, those little laminated cards yeah. that people carry around. Yes. In fact, when I'm doing this radio show today, I'm having one of those cards in front of me, and, and I've been doing this for 20 years. I still personally use those all the time. What makes this powerful? Yes. Yeah. What makes this so helpful and powerful is that it's simple to use, and you don't need to to really have this massive amount of knowledge about the theory and the model. But if you focus on some key points of what to do and what not to do, the way you, you communicate with others, how you sell, how you lead, how you service your clients. Just making small but very significant, important adjustments in your style can have a tremendous impact how successful you can be. Good. Marku, thanks for joining us here on the show today. And uh, if anyone wants a copy of one of those little card, crib cards that Marku was talking about, you can call me on 513-753-9400, extension 102. Or you can send me an email at mike.roth at sandler.com, and I'll get you one of those uh, little crib cards out as a complimentary present for listening to the show. Scott, why don't you uh, close out the show? Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth, and the show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at mikeroth at rothconsulting.net or call Mike at... 513-753-94. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.